that was abrupt. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Happy, happy Wednesday, friends. And thank you for joining us. I am Angie Peters here with Vince Reem. And for the first time, I believe, Pepper Deal. Pepper, we're so excited to have you. Excited to be here. Yes, all the way from Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Way down there from Topeka. Way out there in Topeka. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because, you know, when you live in like small town Kansas, you know, an hour drive is like, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those big cities, it's like that's that's a one way. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> one, one way to work. Yeah. The hour is just bumper to bumper in the traffic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not here. Anyway, um, Vince, what are we talking about this morning? Oh, great topic today. Talking about spiritual reconnaissance, mm-hmm. going into an area and uh <clears throat> basically observing and starting to analyze what's happening there, which is the basic definition of reconnaissance. And so that's, that's what we're talking about today. But before we get into this, we do want to give a disclaimer right up front that while uh, we are going to look at what the enemy's doing, uh, that's only uh, to inform response uh, where our focus in the unseen realm is on what Jesus is doing. And uh, the reason we're doing this and looking into the unseen at the enemies, because uh, we're partners in oneness with the Trinity. Uh, so we all get to play a part. And for me, that's exciting. And it should be exciting you as well. So that's good. Yes. And for just a little bit of history, and this is why we are on this topic, we have um just recently started up another, uh, what would you call it? Wing <laughs> of unedited life in Topeka, Kansas with Pepper and, and some other people there. And, um, and so we've had to like really start investigating what, what's going on in Topeka, you know, here, like I mentioned before, you know, it, it, town to town in Kansas is it's separated by, you know, an hour sometimes. And, and so it's not like, you know, we're in, in an area of the country where towns are on top of each other. And, and so there is definitely differences town to town here in, in Kansas. And what's, what's going on where we are located in Junction City is not the same as what's going on in Topeka where Pepper is. And it happens to be our state capital. So there's a lot more governmentally that's going on there than, than is happening here in, in Junction City. So that's why we are investigating these topics and, and what does it look like to, to move into a new territory and take the land. Hmm. Yes. Wherever. All right. You you want me to get started there? Get started. All right. You know, when you're looking uh, to take territory for the kingdom, uh, you need to know what it what it is you're up against uh, uh, right away. What what principalities have taken root in the territory? Uh, what needs to be dealt with? You know, we have to know what it is we need to bind and what it is we need to loose uh, when coming in to take the land. Uh, So it's very important. And um, this is something we did last week in Topeka. And so we wanted to, to bring this, bring this out today and uh, through knowing uh, what principalities or strongholds or uh, even spirits you're facing, uh, it allows you to clearly see the strategy to pull out of the kingdom uh, to accomplish what it is you've set out to do, uh, and that's advance the kingdom by taking the land. So when the enemy is is holding land, they have claim uh, to the spiritual atmosphere there, and uh, therefore an influence over uh, the natural realm uh, that that is that territory, and and that space is is effectively theirs to do with what they want uh, in in that case, and this is something that is. Uh, seen and uh, we can point to all around the world. We, we know that we can point to instances where uh, what's happening in the unseen, it has great effect in the natural and not necessarily uh, for the good. And, you know, 
we were talking about this before we came on. Um, we, as the, the disciples of Jesus, have allowed this to take place uh, because uh, we've been focused on our, our social clubs we call church Woo! and even policing the, the morality of one another uh, rather than sharpening one another and, and being attentive to and uh, taking action in the unseen realm. And our influence in the unseen realm and ultimately in the seen realm is far greater than anything uh, that the enemy has to to bring out. We wield the greater power. Amen. And so the question here is, is do you believe that about yourself? Mm-hmm. I think that's an important question to answer. Do you believe that you wield the greater power? Mm-hmm. So the, the importance of conducting spiritual reconnaissance should be somewhat evident. Uh, if you don't know what it is you're you're fighting and what tactics that uh, they're employing, you may choose the wrong strategy to fight with. And so uh, the purpose uh, is to know what you're fighting, uh, understanding the tactics being used to fight uh, in order to pull uh, the right kingdom strategy. And we will know what actions to take and we will know how to intercede uh, when doing that. And this is something we are, we're all doing all the time anyways, uh, maybe just without the right language to back it up. Right. Uh, what we're talking about is the uh, systematic, uh, continuous process of analyzing uh, uh, the threat and environment uh, in a specific geographic area. That, that's kind of a, a better definition of what we're talking about in uh, terms of uh, reconnaissance. I guess that's a little bit more technical of a definition. And thinking about this spiritually also, uh, the spiritual hunger of the people uh, becomes a greater consideration to take into account as well. Um, Their appetite for power may have led to uh, principalities being more strongly rooted uh, than maybe anticipated before. Uh, When people are tapping into the wrong source, when they're, they're looking to uh, have influence in the unseen realm, right? So when you think about uh, the statements we just talked about, it it becomes obvious that we're conducting uh, spiritual recon far more often uh, than we realize. You know, when you go into a store or just a room full of people, uh, those of us who are paying attention to the unseen realm know that we wield the greater power and, uh, we're analyzing the area we're in and putting everyone and, and basically everything on notice when we come in that we're there and, and they're going to know what it is we carry. So doing this uh, helps to determine how to apply uh, kingdom strategy and power by determining uh, what the enemy's uh, likely course of action is. We can start to see what it is that they're doing when we're, we're looking into the unseen realm and observing and analyzing. And so by going through this process, you can understand and describe the environment, uh, the the effects on the environment, uh, both on believers and unbelievers, Mm -hmm. because it's important to understand how each is affected. And, and what I've been describing it, it it somewhat sounds like I'm, I'm talking about an individual assignment here, but it's not, this is a collaborative effort and um, yes, going about your day to day, you know, going into the stores, room full of people. Yes, this is done uh, by you alone in the natural realm. However, we know we're never we're never alone in the fight. Right. Uh, uh, the reality of what we're discussing, though, is uh, done by a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're taking a holistic approach to observing and analyzing our operational environment, that that territory we're looking to take. We're not just studying the land. We're, we're looking at the entire environment there. And uh, from there, we can get started into the steps of this thing. Uh, unless you have anything you want to want to bring out right now. Well, I think that it's just really important that we kind of <clears throat> give like real real life experience of what this has been like 
up to this point. And so last Wednesday, we we took with us a seer prophet <laughs> and because that's like so helpful. Um, it, it's one thing to be able to hear the, the father speaking over the land, but it's another thing entirely to bring in somebody who can see into the unseen, right? And and so we took Jeff Duncan with us to just to be able to lean into to his gifting and, and to just say, you know, whatever it is that you see, can you please just release it so that we can all be aware of what it is that's going on. And so one of the things, and this was kind of shocking to me that this is what he saw, was that there were high places of worship that that Jesus was wanting brought low. And we aren't talking about, you know, false gods here. We're, we're talking about, you know, our, our Christian churches being called high places of worship that they have not rightly regarded Jesus in all of his majesty, right? And and so it was just kind of a blanket statement of like, I'm not pleased, right? Like you are not bringing to me anything of worth. And so, you know, him wanting to smash these high places really gave us maybe more of a, a, a better direction of how to intercede. And Pepper, I, if you will, can you come in on the backside of that and just kind of break down what that looks like for you as someone who carries that mantle of intercession? Yeah. You know, uh, one thing that sticks out is we're on a mission, right? Mm-hmm. And so we had to be intentional, you know, and so bringing Jeff, that was a very intentional thing to do. And you pointed out in rural Kansas, it's very different an hour away. Even the weather can be different just an hour away. And so the same is true with the spiritual atmosphere. And so it's important to have people with their particular gifting to come in and help discern the atmosphere so that you can strategize. For me, as an intercessor, we were talking earlier that uh, sometimes I see things, I don't always understand them all, but they're uncomfortable, they're graphic, but it does give me a message. And sometimes God uses a very blatant way to uncover something, you know, and then, you know, I can bring that to the group and then we can break that down. But I have to be willing to see the uncomfortableness and observe it. But the distinction needs to be made between observing darkness and engaging with it. Mm. We're not engaging with darkness, but we are observing our enemy. That's good. And that's what the spies did, you know. Some of them, right? Some of them. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And I think that it's so easy for us to get sucked into engaging rather than observing. So what, how do we know the difference? And I'm not, we didn't talk about this before, but I think it's really important that we can discern how, how, how are we, how are we engaging the enemy? You know, is it because, you know, we are fully into it and we're becoming surrounded and we're feeling every single move or are we observing? And, and I think that right now for us, if we're very honest, we would say it's a mix. It's a mix because this is, this is new ground for, for us in a sense that we've, we've never been asked to go into a new territory and establish something. And, and, and just to be clear what it is, that, and I think this is interesting, what it is that God is wanting is worship. He's wanting, he's wanting praise established in, in Topeka, Kansas. And so, of course, he's wanting to, to dismantle the high places of worship because he's wanting to bring in a fresh expression of his government, the, the kingdom of God. And, and so, I don't know, do either of you have anything to say about, you know, the difference between engaging and observing? Uh, yeah, when, when we start talking about those, you know, um, we have to remember that we're, we're, we're still going into an area, um, to start a fight. And that's essentially what we're doing is, is starting <laughs> yeah. a fight. And, um, <laughs> and, and if we're going to, to really be effective in what it is that we're asked to do and the, in the strategy that's given to us from the kingdom that we, we pull down and start to, to execute, we have to, we have to be able to, uh, observe and observe rightly uh, and that just kind of goes back to the disclaimer we, we talked about right at the beginning where we will uh, look at what the enemy is doing 
but the focus is still on Jesus. So we know and and are able to observe um, before we start executing. Because if you just start executing blindly without observing, knowing the direction you're going, knowing the strategy that you're going to use, you're kind of just, you know, throwing the spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Yeah. And um, that's sure that's a way, but it's, it's the long way and there's no need to go through that. Um, Any of the pain or discomfort that's going to be associated with just jumping in without observing first and, and rightly seeing what's going on and then taking appropriate action on the backside of that. Yeah. Well, and and our nature as an organization is that God says to do something and and we just quickly do it. And, and so, you know, as far as church planting goes, we aren't necessarily following the rules, right? There, there is God's hat. God is like wanting us in every stage of this, this, this thing is happening and, and going into new territory. And I'm grateful for it. I mean, we, we could look at this a, a couple different ways and be like, okay, like this is foolish or whatever, you know, like this isn't the way that it's done here in America. You know, first there's a protocol and it's, not, it's just not how he's doing it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's same with, you know, us being in Junction City. He didn't, he didn't take us through those steps ahead of time. He wanted us in it to be able to experience everything that was going on during those early months of establishing a church in in a new place and i think that that it's it's an honor truly that he would trust us to that degree to just really just dive in and honestly it's how they had to do it in, in the early church days is they just went they went where it is we we have made doctrine out of <laughs> obeying god and and so I think that it's it's we have an interesting vantage point of actually boots on the ground. Is that a, mm-hmm. a correct term? That that like God is sending us in and we're just doing the thing. We don't necessarily have a game plan. We're just showing up. Pepper says she sends a message one day. I'm sitting in my living room and God says, "Why not here?" <laughs> And so we're like, yes, here we come. And and I think that that was probably, uh, you know, uh, late in, in the previous week. And then we were there by Wednesday of the next week. And yeah. um, and we're going on our third week of meeting in, in, in Topeka. Now, does this look like a church service that, that most of us attend on any given Sunday? No. Not at all. We we are we are just coming before the Lord in observation. Like, what is this? What do you want? What would be most honoring to you? What would what would ascribe the most worth to your name right now? And so I, I just I want to make sure that we're giving the details mm-hmm. of what this has looked like for us because I think because God has like totally scrapped uh, the way that we have done church over the last many many years, and He's like rebuilding from the ground up. That, that we have to really be careful to take note of what it is that, mm-hmm. that he's doing. And that's not to say that you do it the way that we're doing it. Follow Holy Spirit. Do it the way that he's asking you to do it. But I just, I feel like when there is a, a pioneering movement that you need to be careful to articulate what it looks like along the way. Yeah. And you mentioned that um, he's given us as an organization directives to go and to do things and that we are, we've been radically obedient to follow through on those. Um, and, and so there's um, a, a distinction, you know, go do this. And so we go. And when we get there, there is no further directive. So that's when we go into the observation, like you're describing and yeah. what we've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was sitting here thinking, I never thought of it that way. Uh, kind of got a chuckle out of it, Vince, how you said we're picking a fight. In a way, we really are, because we're not saying, please, can we come? We're saying, we're here, and we're taking the territory. And, you know, as Christians, uh, we're taught to be genteel and kind and, you know, echo and demonstrate the nature and character of Jesus and the the fruits of the Spirit to be kind and gentle and all that, you know, so sometimes as Christians, it can look like a dichotomy, 
to think that Jesus actually said that we're to have a serpentine type of wisdom mm. because of how we associate the serpent and serpents and snakes. But he does say, be as wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. Mm. And that gentility, that is towards people, but it's not towards the enemy. Mm. We're supposed to be violent towards the enemy. You know, he said uh, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and yes. violence take it by force. I think it's Matthew 11, mm -hmm. 12, something like that. So even sometimes in people, we are to be gentle with people, but we have to be violent with the sin, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I like how, you know, with this recon, we're, we're learning how to be wise as serpents. And Vince, and you guys can probably speak to more than I can, how a, a serpent tracks its prey. But a serpent's very patient. And a serpent will wait. Uh, a serpent will observe its prey. And then it, it has a strategy before it strikes, you mm. know. And so there's really more to that about being wise as a serpent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah and but, then it swallows it whole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doesn't play around. <laughs> no, it, it certainly doesn't. Um, I, I do, before we move on, I wanted to to, to make note of, of one other thing, you know, mentioning that, that we brought in a seer. And, and I think so often we get into the space of like titles aren't important, you know, I hate titles or, or something like that. And, and I feel like what the Lord is saying is like titles in this season are as important as knowing what car parts do or what tools to fix a car does. And, and so I think that that to to um, to dismiss titles right now would be errant in terms of the church, because we need to know what tools we have access to. If we didn't know that Jeff was a seer, we wouldn't be able to pull him in. If we couldn't call him by his name, seer, mm -hmm. we need you to come with us because we need to know what it is that, that we are up against. And so yeah. I feel like we, we need to really um, be audacious enough right now to lead with this is what I am. This is what it is that I operate in. And Amen. because if we shy away from that right now, we aren't going to see the kingdom of heaven infiltrating the land like it needs to. God is so wanting some audacious people to lay hold of his kingdom. And I love that you brought that scripture up, that the kingdom of God suffers violence, but it's the violent ones. The audacious ones that lay hold of it. And so we're going to have to like get over ourselves. It's a false humility anyway. Yeah. To say, oh, well, my title doesn't matter or what it is that I do doesn't matter. I'm, I'm a child of God. No, actually you're not. He's given you an assignment. You need to step into it and own it mm -hmm. so that we know how to access you, to utilize you. And if you feel like you are on the back burner, just simmering and no one takes notice of you, that's your fault. You know, tell me who you are and what you do. Amen. All right. Yeah, put us on notice. <laughs> well, you know, we care about that. When the surgeon comes in to operate on us, we say, it doesn't matter what your title is. Just get the tumor out. <laughs> we care then what the title is. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because yeah. I don't exactly want a radiologist working on my innards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. I said my piece. All right. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of people may wonder, you know, where to start before you even get in there or while you're on your way there. Um, a, a great place to start is looking at historical events. Uh, mm -hmm. What took place in the land in the past? Mm -hmm. uh, like we mentioned a little while ago, it, it's, it gives you a good place. Uh, it gives you a good understanding of what has happened in the past uh, and, and look at it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. Um, the, the high places that Jeff saw, there may be historical significance uh, to those places. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it helps to identify what it is you're facing when you go in there. And, um, and, and that view of history does help you generate some questions, you know, and, and from these, you'll be able to start seeing, 
uh, some answers as you go to Holy Spirit and, and you'll be able to say, yes, this is a fact or um, I'm not hearing an answer right now. So this is kind of this is I'm assuming an answer. Mm-hmm. And and from that, we get um, what we talked about uh, last Wednesday night in Topeka and what we were looking to gain was um, it, it generated some information requirements. We knew that we required this information um, and it was deemed critical to our decision making uh, um, and, and critical to achieving the desired effect that we we have there, which is taking the land for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we had specific questions we were looking at. And typically you want these to be yes or no questions, not broad, but ours, while not um, yes or no questions that we were looking at, they were very specific. We want to know this specifically. What is the, the, the principality that we're facing here and what tactics is uh, that principality employing in Topeka? And those were the two questions we were looking at. And, and so they were specific. We don't want these questions to be broad. And um, going through this when you're first coming into a territory allows you to, to understand the situation, better envision the future, and then develop a, a strategy that can then bring about your the, that desired future that you're envisioning. Mm-hmm. And you can take all of the, that information and, and turn it into a course of action that you can implement. Right. Yeah. And I think that that being willing to 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 dig into the history of a place, it, it is really it's informative. It, it really helps to kind of understand, OK, what what's the hang up here or where's the fruit here? And um, and one of the things that we know about this territory that we're moving into is that things start but have a hard time staying like it's 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 as if the thing is even aborted and um and, and so that's that's really interesting information do we have a conclusion on that not right now but but we know that that's something that we're up against that there is there are and there have been tremendous moves of god that started in Topeka, Kansas, Charles Parham. I'm going to name drop for a second. He, <laughs> you know, it, it was under his ministry that um, that we had kind of a, a renewal of Pentecost, where people began to speak in tongues in, in the, the United States, and, and it affected the nations surrounding. And, and this is where, you know, Azusa, the, the Azusa Street Revival was really birthed in, in Topeka, Kansas. And Charles Parham had um, the Bethel Healing House, and they would actually place people as if it were a, a short-term living <clears throat> space at, that needed healing, and they would press in for the healing of these individuals. And so they saw great things, but it did not last. Maria Woodworth Etter would come and do things in Topeka, Kansas, and um, you know there were there were a lot of moves that historically have started in Topeka, Kansas, but could not last. For whatever reason, Topeka cannot carry it. And so that's information historically that we have to be able to survey and go, okay, what is it? What is it, God? And here's the other thing is I think that it's really important to remind the land of what the Lord has done on it. And we see this, we were talking about this before we even started. I was telling uh, Pepper and, and Vince about um, Nehemiah, just some things that that God brought to my attention in Nehemiah in chapter nine. And this is interesting because we know that it's the same idea. They're moving in to territory that had been taken over by enemy, right? And, and, and they're wanting to take it back. They're wanting to re, rebuild. And, and first they have to, assemble the people. And it says, now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and in sackcloth with the earth on their heads. And I love it that that's how they assembled. They took the dirt from the earth and they covered themselves. What I feel like was happening is they were representing the land as they assembled. So they didn't just assemble as people. They assembled with the land in mind. And then they go through a litany 
of what it is that God has done on their behalf. Nehemiah is charging the people. This is who God has been on our behalf. Now, mixed in with that is, and you screwed up and you screwed up and you screwed up, right? So there, but he totally represents the land in all of this. In verse 23, he says, and their children, you multiplied like the stars of heaven and you brought them into the land. So he's continuing to represent the land that God had given them because the land held them. And it was just so Mm -hmm. important. And it says, um, you brought them into the land that you told their fathers to enter and possess. What's he doing? He's putting the people on notice and the land. You do not belong to your enemies. You belong to Israel. And so when we're going into land, we have to be willing to remind the land that you've already been taken once. You've already been dedicated to the kingdom of heaven. We have to be willing to, to, to even like historically look up the moves of God and say, listen, land, this is what has already taken place on you. There's already been a great move. The spirit of God has already been poured out on you in great measure. So are we willing to go the distance to include the land? And, and then you have to if you keep reading through this, you um, you get to the point in, in verse 35, it says, but they and their kingdom and in your great goodness, which you gave them and in the broad and fat land that you put before them did not serve you, nor did they return, nor did they turn from their evil works. Here we are slaves today. And as for the land that you gave to our fathers to eat of its fruit and its goodness, here we are slaves upon it. Now we can look at this scripture and go, Oh my gosh, we have gotten ourselves into trouble with the land because of compromise. We Mm. have compromised as a church in this nation. And so therefore the land has shut itself off from us, the body of Christ. And so that's why we have to include the land when we are coming and we're assembling together and we're going, we want to return to you, Father. We want to return to you fully and wholeheartedly. We have to include the land because without it, we don't stand a chance. We don't stand a chance. The land has to be reminded of the works of God Hmm. to dismantle the squatters that have come in and taken our space as the children of God. And later on, he starts talking about the um, the sacrifices that need to be brought in. And they were the sacrifices that the land produced. And it says that they were bringing these sacrifices in to fill the house of the Lord. So right now, I just want you to feel, allow yourself to feel the yearning mm. of the territory, of the land, to be a part of Filling the house of the Lord. The the land also wants to be included on having zeal for the father's house, which is such a fascinating and fun thing to even consider. But it's so important that we know the history to be able to partner with the land, right? It's the only way. It's the only way. If we do not partner with the land in this way, we will continue on in the same course to begin something that will be aborted. Hmm. That's so good. That is so, so good. I, I also want to know, you know, we are, the, this observation that we're talking about and the, the reconnaissance um, that we're doing, it, it's not just so we can simply know, right? Because yeah. uh, that would mean we we aren't being who it is God says we are uh, because he doesn't, doesn't call us and give us names and callings to just know things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are doing this to take action. And, and that partnership that, that you're talking about, Angie, requires action on, on our part. You know, uh, that, that's partnership. Every partner bringing what it is that they have and carry to the table and taking action together. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're not wanting to start a fight in the unseen realm, uh, that's going to have effects that spill over into the natural realm. That's okay too. Um, yeah. You can stay home. God still loves you. That doesn't change. Uh, doesn't change. Uh, and I know we're, we're talking so much about taking action and, and some people just aren't going to, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but however, you know, if you are looking to, to pick a fight and actually wield the greater power, 
um, you're, you're getting a great framework for that here today. Uh, when you set out to do this, uh, know that you you are opening yourself up to a counterattack, and and we've seen that. Um, what it is that we are moving in right now, um, it, it's it's brought a cost with it, um, and. It's it's been difficult and, and we're seeing it in in many different ways. Uh, each of us has experienced our own counterattack and um, and they, they create some pretty serious situations here in the natural. Um, but, you know, um, that's not it's not our ultimate reality. Yeah. What it is we're seeing with our natural eyes. Um, uh you know, setting out to, to, to fight, uh, the enemy does have a say because, uh, they don't want to be removed from their, their place of influence. Um, they know they don't have forever, uh, because they are already defeated. Uh, yet they're still throwing those temper tantrums and, and slinging debris into the spiritual realm. Uh, and, and, you know, like I mentioned, each of us can see that in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the t- the attacks that are are directed at us and and our families uh, because we've chosen to fight that's that's part of that and, and we've seen that but we have counted counted the cost of this and uh, we understand the calling that we have in it and we know the price is well worth the fight yeah. and and when I was thinking about that I, I I was thinking about the spies that went into the land that Moses sent out uh, in Numbers 13. Uh, He sent out the 12 spies, and we know that um, 10 of them came back and were basically inciting rebellion. And um, two chose to look through the right lens at what was actually there. They They didn't choose to see themselves as grasshoppers in their own sight, which caused everyone around them to see them that way because they put everyone on notice that that's who they were. Right. Right. And so, um, the, the lens through which we interpret what we observe in the unseen realm, it's vital. It is vital. Allowing uh, that view to uh, bend you toward fear and inaction is basically a statement of unbelief. Um, it can be <laughs> when you allow yourself to be bent towards fear and in action, that is just a statement of unbelief. Ooh, that's good. Uh, unbelieving in what it is uh, that the kingdom has to offer because you are co-seated with Christ, which is an important point to remember here as well. Uh, if you're starting from a place of victory in the very beginning and knowing that this defeated enemy is throwing temper tantrums, it, it makes it um, easy to look at the fight as worth the cost. Yeah. Um, because ultimately the cost is, is minimal since we are already eternal beings, you know, in the kingdom. Right. And we have, again, we have the greater power to wield. And so, uh, we can't allow that statement of unbelief, um, to convey the message that, that we don't wield the greater power. Um, we can't allow it to convey the message that, uh, we aren't indwelt by the genius big S strategist, right? Yes. Um, when in fact we do wield the greater power, uh, you are indwelt by Holy Spirit. And, and it's through his eyes that we should evaluate the land and rightfully see the enemy. Mm-hmm. And and you can look at how David responded to Goliath's taunts on the battlefield. He said, no, 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 no. It's actually the other way, way around. I, I'm going to, feed your flesh to the dogs. You know, Mm. the birds are going to pick at you. You are the one that's going to die because he looked into the spiritual realm and rightly saw what was going to take place. He had the right lens he was looking through. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Pepper, what do you have? Well, you know, thinking about what Vince was saying about that statement of fear, I think, just the fact, because you were reading some of the steps they assembled, 
just some of the steps we have taken and are taking now is a statement of our faith. Yeah. The fact that we have a symbol and that we are worshiping. And so uh, like having a seer prophet come, mm. that's a tool. Um, worship, that's a tool. And between uh, Vincent and Jeff being there last week, you know, we have to always start from a place of peace. We can't be in turmoil. So if we're going to take the land, take the enemy, we have to come from a place of peace. And so mm-hmm. having an apostle and having a seer prophet come, it gave me so much peace because mm-hmm. now I don't have to feel like I have to fight an enemy that I can't see. You know? Yeah. Because we are required to see. You know, we are required to look into the spiritual realm and see. Mm-hmm. And so that recon and having um, Vince expe- explain all that, it, it, it helps us to be able to proceed from a place of peace. And then I also like what you were saying about, um, well, I look at speaking for the land, that we have to speak for the land. And I think of it as the land testifying you know and I I shared this with you guys about a week ago but I heard this wise woman in the Lord say years ago that we we have to take our history and throw it at our destiny Mm. and so I like how you brought up what Topeka is capable of you Mm -hmm. know so and and we can take those positive declarations and decrees and testify for the land and for the people and say, look, this is who you are. This is what you're capable of. This is what happened. This is what God did. And he can do it again. Mm-hmm. So um, I love that that you brought up what the problem is in Topeka, but you also brought up what we are capable of. Yeah. You know, in Jesus. So that's mm-hmm. really good. Well, and the thing is, it's like. You know, in these kinds of things, God paints broad pictures and, and they are, they, let me say this, let me say it differently. They feel far fetched. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, these are the moments where I'm like, and I'm not sure, not sure you got the right girl kind of thing, you know, where we want to shrink back and be like that. It's, it's too much. It's too much, Jesus. And, and, and how on earth could, could we accomplish something like that? And, and, and I'm glad that, that you brought David up because he's the least of these, right? Like, I think you said it on Monday, Vince, that, or maybe it was on Sunday. I don't know. I can't keep teaching straight. Um, that that he wasn't even considered in the lineup of Jesse's sons. Right. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's how far removed he is from from the minds of humanity. And sometimes I think that he is just like so invested in his Jehovah sneaky title that he will pull people from no name places to do great works. And, and here's the deal. We may not have a name with society, but we do in the halls of heaven. Right. And this was a moment that, that I had many years ago. I, I had just experienced rejection and it was just before a church service began. And, and, and of course the teaching had everything to do with going after the thing that God has put before you. And that's exactly what I had done and, and was turned down. So um, I'm sitting there with the hot tears rolling down my face and, you know, less than language coming to my mind. <laughs> and really, I mean, to be honest with you, the words that were going through my mind is how in the hell does someone like me go after the things that you want me to do when there's always a barricade? And, um, and, and then, you know, because I was so mad and of course they did communion that Sunday. And, and so I'm <laughs> sitting there going, I'm excluded. <laughs> I'm mad. And, um, and God's like, would you please get up <laughs> and get in line and go and, and partake in communion? He wasn't putting up with my. Oh, of 
heaven look down the corridors. Did we lose Angie? I don't know. May have. Are we there? There you are. Oh, sorry. Um, the internet down here is not working very good. Sorry about that. Where did you lose me? You said all of heaven was looking down the corridor. All of he-, he says all of heaven has have looked down the corridors of history and saw you coming. And um and so that's when you say things like we have to take our history and throw it at our destiny. It's my history with God, not my history with man, not yeah. my history with society, not yeah. my history with finances, not my history with relationships. Yes. It's my history with God that I have yes. to bank on. So if he's saying to me that I need you to go into Topeka, into to the capital of your state, and I need you to, to create movement there that's going to infect uh, affect the nation, I can't argue with that. I just have to go. If I sit and analyze that, I will scare myself to death. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. I have to sit in that space of who is it that he says that I am? And that goes back to titles and and history. Mm -hmm. Like, who are we in Christ? Who does he call us? Who does he say that we are? Me being a prophet matters. It matters right now. I have to become a tool in the hand of the Lord to be able to do the things that he wants done on the earth or we're all going to miss out. And the same thing goes for anybody who's watching. If you do not step up and take your rightful position as a son or daughter of glory, everyone misses out because you are an individual facet of the characteristic of the father and the earth, the world needs what you carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a I don't have anything to add to that. That's, that's, it says it plainly right there. Oh, and, and, and Vince is right. I mean, like the, the um, turmoil, I'm going to call it the spiritual turmoil as of late is, intense mm-hmm. it's intense and uh, you know if you know people that are called to be pioneers right now please pray for them pray for them it is just it's hard it's hard it's hard work and it's not the work of actually physically going into the space and doing the thing it is the in-between time where the attacks are just nonstop and your mind, it's mind games. The mind battle. Oh, yeah. it's intense. Intense. Very yeah. So that's what I have to I, say about that. I think like you hit on, that's why it's, it's, it's more important now than I've ever seen it be in my existence to know who you are, you know, because the enemy is constantly trying to redefine who you are to get you to back off. And so, and he will use people who get offended by your title or get offended by, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. But, you know, I was thinking about how uh, in Genesis, God told Adam, you name these. He did say, well, everything you see crawl and call it animal. Mm. It, it had specific names and specific titles, yeah. you know, and God, basically whatever Adam said they were, that's what they were, you know? Yeah. And so uh, identity, a, a title gives you an identity. That's why names were so important in the Bible. Yeah. Because you could tell by someone's name, what they were like, <laughs> you know, right. and sometimes people had some, you know, not, not very wonderful names. Oh, yes. Bible, Hosea's know. children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
names and titles are important. And we don't get offended in the secular world when people have names and titles. But for some reason, when it comes to the kingdom of God within the kingdom, there can be no uh, no order. There's there's supposed to be just you know a haphazard. It, it's not that way. You know, God has a hierarchy. The enemy has a hierarchy. Right. You know, that's the way it is. Yeah. Well, and, and he stole the model from God. Right. God instilled from him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And the very essence of royalty has everything to do with a name. Right. I mean, everything to do with a name and and title. I mean, everybody in a line of royalty has a title. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't understand them all, but they all have, you know, Duke of whatever, you know, they have a title and they have land. And and so I think that that to to dismiss that, especially in this season Mm -hmm. is honestly, it's doom. We have to put on who we are right now. Or we, we will. I mean, we will be weak-kneed and we will fold over and over and over again. And it's okay that it doesn't feel like it all the time. Right. It doesn't matter what you feel, you know. Mm-hmm. No, your, your feelings um, will lie to you. Yes, they will. I, I certainly haven't um, felt stellar over the last few days. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I've just wanted to lay down and be like, uncle, <laughs> I, I give up. <laughs> I, I don't want to do this anymore. And, mm-hmm. um, but the, the, the truth is, is I was made for this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, can we just all say that? Like, I was made for this. Whatever it is that, that we are coming up against, we have to be able to say the words, I was made for this. This is not taking God by surprise. He knows. He knows. So, Pepper, give us some pointers. I, I think that that because there is this overarching feel of God wanting to reassemble people, bring us back to his um, intentions, uh, bring us back into holiness, um, how how do we pray in this time? Well, you know, I think we've hit on something here as a group is to look at the tools we have, lean into those tools and pray into those, you know, mm. pray into our assembling together, you know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves, mm. pray into the unity because, um, we know the enemy is the author of confusion. And so he wants to disassemble where there's assembly. So we have to pray that, you know, that nothing can interrupt that or corrupt that or, or distort that. I think we need to pray into our worship. We need to push through in that worship. It's a starting point of worship mm. and praise. But um, we talked about last week how if you don't feel like praising God, good, because now it's really going to be a sacrifice. <laughs> so uh, and, uh, push into that. And then it talks about in Matthew, I believe, that how how we have to labor to enter into the rest, mm. you know, and labor to me speaks of work. <laughs> so sometimes like you said, the last few days, it's work to hold on to your peace. Mm-hmm. So if scripture is saying, hold on to your peace, that means something's going to be trying to pull it away from you. Yeah. So we can pray into our peace that the Lord would help us to hold fast to our peace um, and, and not to lose sight of where we're headed, what we see, you know, keep write the vision, make it plain, Uh, we've got an apostle that keeps us on track with the vision, tweaks the vision, you know, and, um, just keep our focus where it needs to be. And, and as God reveals the issues, just begin to pray into those, you know, um, and as far as just about, uh, naming principalities and spirits and, until we know specifically other things, we can still pray into that, you mm. know, because um, sometimes we're um, looking at the dark side gets redundant 
is when, you know, white witch, black witch, a witch is a witch is a witch. Right. So if we don't know exactly what we're facing by name, uh, when I feel that way, I, I will pray into the symptoms that I see or how it manifests itself. Mm. And one of the symptoms that you named is everything gets aborted. Mm. So we just start praying into that. Lord, would we, you know, we take authority over that spirit that is causing the land to abort its fruit. Yes. And so we just, uh, and, and when God wants to reveal things more specific as we press in, he will. But until then, what's in your hand, pray what you know. If you don't know, pray what you see, pray the symptoms and manifestations and just go for it. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and she's not playing around when she says Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's a sacrifice of praise because listen, people, she pulled out tambourines. Um, what, what else was there? Some little maracas or something. Oh, yeah. wow. And the little clacker thingies, whatever those yeah. are. And, and and then she instructs us that we're to play these instruments and walk in circles. So listen. Three when, times. Three times. Three times. When you come in feeling like you've got nothing left to give and Pepper's asking for a sacrifice of praise, she is up in the ante. <laughs> It was fun after we got into it. It was fun. It was fun. Oh my gosh. I think I even declared that we need to have tambourines in every um, worship setting, which every worship leader right now is cringing. Get over yourself. Blair, when I'm playing the drums, do not play the tambourine. Yes, no, he definitely did. He, he thinks he owns the, the rights to the percussion. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, guys, this has been a, I feel like it's been an enlightening conversation, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is funny to say, but um, this is just how, this is how it goes for us. It's like in the moment, God just continues to unfold things. And, and I think it's just our willingness to go along for the ride that, that he does so. So um, thanks for jumping in and um, listening to our conversation. And I hope we've given you plenty to, to consider. And if you are one who is pioneering right now, we bless you. We bless you and, and we just speak the peace of heaven over you, that, that your mind would be completely protected and surrounded by the peace of God. We, we just, we I take that seriously right now. I'm taking that seriously. So, and pray for us. Can I invite you to pray for us? And before we go, I do want to just um, make an announcement. <laughs> Making announcements. Um, we are getting ready to open up um, uh, enrollment, if you will, um, for what we are calling Kingdom Indivisible. We are gathering, we are assembling the people. Can I talk like Nehemiah? We are assembling the people (laughs) to turn back to God. Um, And really, that's exactly what we're doing. We are looking for people who are interested in joining our roundtable conversations that will be virtual and um, to discuss kingdom principles, to discuss the things that it is that God is releasing right now, to discuss kingdom government and um, really just begin to understand what it looks like to partner with heaven right now and one another and and walk in in unity. So that will look like a Tuesday morning um, Zoom meeting that will be anywhere between 60 to 90 minutes and um, it'll be 10 a.m. Central Time. And anyone is welcome to to sign up. There will be um, there is registration and and there is no fee. There's no fee for this. So um, if if you are interested, please do not think that that we are charging an arm and a leg for such things. Um, you can go to uneditedlife.org/slash Kingdom Indivisible, and the um, the registration is on there. You do need to register in in order to participate and. We do ask that if you take up a, a seat, that you you are really committed to being a part of this. So we'll go um, on Tuesdays, and it'll be eight weeks on, one week off through July. And then at that point, we will have a conference where we will actually physically assemble together, which we're really excited about. 
And then from there, we'll meet monthly to start navigating what does 2024 look like in the kingdom of God? So anyway, we are super excited about that. Vince, Pepper, mm-hmm. and I are, are really spearheading this thing and, um, and are excited. We're really excited to be able to work with people across the world who are interested in, in moving together, advancing the kingdom of, of heaven together. So anything you guys would say in addition to that? Have I done well? That's it. Okay. <laughs> and we'll put the we'll put the link in the comments so that you can have it at least um, check it out. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask. We are happy to to answer any questions. So anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll talk soon.